Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Kane Gang. I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm all right. Hell no. Joaquin said dominate, and we not doing it. I put my heart in this dog. Let's go, man. Let's go. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. Kane Gang. You're listening to Kane Gang, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Orange and green, that's Kane Gang. You ready to storm 18, that's Kane Gang. Kane Gang. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Kane Gang Radio Show here on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. Um, it's been a couple weeks since we've been on the air, had spring break last week. I hope everybody had a fantastic spring break. It's your boy DC. On the flip is my boy Dirty Bird. What's going uh, got, on? Good, 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 man. If you guys all recall, the J-Man uh, kind of, you know, took a hiatus. And uh, so right now it's just the Birdman and I. And uh, I'm kind of excited about this direction that we're headed, Bird. And, you know, obviously we have a lot of guests lined up the next couple of weeks. And, you know, we got guests lined up for tonight. So I'm excited about that, man. So how, how was your spring break real quick? Let me ask you that. It's good, man. Busy, working like crazy. <laughs> Bro, listen, I had no spring break. I worked. I did the same thing. Yeah. Um, you guys have a good Easter? Yeah, 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 man. It was good. Had the whole family, uh, had the whole family around. You know, everybody started to get their uh, their vaccinations and stuff. So, you know, some of the older family is, uh, you know, more comfortable coming around us now, which is uh, which is always good. So, you know, slow climb, you. slow yeah. climb back to normal, man. You know, I got my first vaccine shot on Tuesday, so um, you know, I had no side effects, no no symptoms, so I feel good. So, let's jump into the show, man. Let's get let's get dialed in. Um, got a special guest coming, you know, right from Jump. Um, you guys might know him on, on Twitter, on YouTube, uh, Miami Flow, um, uh, caned up. So let's go ahead and uh, let's welcome him to the show. Yo, yo, Flow, what's good, man? What's up, boys? How's everybody doing? Happy Easter, all the good stuff. Oh, you already know, man. I well, appreciate you uh, jumping on with us. And you know, we know you got your own show that you do you know, on YouTube. Um, first and foremost, man, tell me about your name. Tell me how it's either caned up or Miami Flow. How'd you get into those names? Well, it's just crazy. Like when I was growing up, you know, I'm from Miami, grew up in Miami, Carroll City, uh, or excuse me, Miami Gardens now, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I always was in, in, in Miami gear. And, you know, growing up over there, if you have Adidas, they'd be like, oh, he's all Adidas up. If, if he's Nike, he's Nike'd up. So everybody was always like, caned up. He's always caned up. And then I just ran with it, honestly. And then I just named the show the Miami Flow Show because uh, all I talk about is Miami. And then most people that just come on the show, it's, it's a lot easier sometimes just to say flow. So that's kind of how the whole name thing came up, man. It was like it was like an accident, and then I just wrote, you know, wrote out. Listen, there ain't nothing wrong with that, man. You know, I uh, my email is CaneFanCo, right? And, I, and I've had that for probably I don't even know how old Gmail is right now, but I've had that literally since the, almost the beginning of, of of Gmail. So that tells you how far back I go. But you know, listen. And I appreciate the fact that, you know, you represent that 305, you represent that orange and green to the fullest. That's the same way with me. That's the same way with Bird. Like, it's something that it's it's in our, it, you know, when you said, tell people, hey, look, you know, if you cut up my arm, you you bleed orange and green. Like, it's not realistic, but, you know, you get the, 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 the point of it. But that's something that I represent, man. It's one of the things that is truly a passion of mine. There's a lot of other things that I think you're passionate about and I'm passionate about. But one thing's for sure, man, that passion for that orange and green, that runs wide, man. And that's something you can't take from us. Um, talk to me a little bit about how you got, you know, you got involved. Obviously, you say you're from Carroll City, Miami Gardens, you know, Miami Hurricanes. I heard y'all one of your shows last week. You, you graduated in 92. I graduated in 92. So we're both roughly the same age. You know, at what point did you really start following Miami Hurricane football? 
I would probably say uh, mid mid eighties. I would probably say you know uh, started going to my first Orange Bowl game when I was like eight or nine years old. Um, and then you know like I'm sure you guys know and th- the feeling's different, right? Like it's 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 like a it's not even like a, a game. It's a culture, right? When it was the Orange Bowl. If, especially if you're from Miami, right? It's it's a di- it's just a different vibe, you know. The goosebumps, the the dirty bathrooms, the shaky stadium. Like it's just it was real football. I played football growing up. I played at, at high school. I wasn't good enough to go to Division One, but I got a chance to play a little bit of Division Two ball. And uh, then I just started life. And then I got into evaluating. You know, I, I had a job with Rivals for about three and a half years, long time ago. Really enjoyed that back when the stars actually meant something, right? Yeah. Uh, and now, now they just hand out stars like, like it's, like it's going out of style. Right. Um, and that's pretty much it, man. You know, I, I grew up in Miami. I love Miami. I, I'm more of the old school type, not just because of my age, it's just the mentality is a little different. You know, it's a, it's a newer fan nowadays. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it at all. It's just different. Right. But it's hard to, uh, relate a little bit because the mentality has definitely changed. And I, I'm sure you probably understand what I'm saying. It's not a negative. It's just different. It's a different mentality now. And, uh, you know, I have grown up kids too, 20 and 18 and 19. So social media has changed. So these are the same young men that are getting recruited. So it's the same mentality, you know. Uh, it's about the lights. It's about going viral now. It's about, you know, all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, man, that's my that's my quick little story from Miami growing up. That That's how I'm a cane. I mean, I just don't know anything else. I just don't know anything yeah. else. That's just, you know, that's the that's the fact. So Flo, I got a question for you, man. Obviously, you know, growing up here, you've been to to countless games, I'm sure. What's uh what's your most memorable game that you've ever been to? Um, it was an overtime game, FSU in the Orange Bowl, and I was in the crazy crazy section, you know, the, the down at the at, at the touchdown. Yeah. West and West uh West zone, baby. That's right, that's right. And uh hey, yeah, you got to get – yeah, man, standing room only, right? Um, yeah. And uh, Frank Gore runs it in for the win, and I'm like – I am um, I almost can jump at him, right? That was that was, uh, that was was my favorite game of all time just because the way it went down. It was FSU. It was overtime. Yeah. You know, Frank Gore running in. I'm right there. That, that was my favorite game. You know, and, and touching on that game too, uh, if it's the same game, and I believe it is, that's when we only had about a minute left or 30-something seconds left, and Sonora Smalls caught that little, like, bubble screen – you know, on the east side and took it in. And next thing you know, we went to OT. Man, and Frank, you know, was... Frank Hoster, man. But, you know, those are the games that, like, just, like, right now, it's kind of giving me chills, right? Because those are the games that we don't get anymore. Like, those and, – and the environment. We don't get that environment anymore. Obviously, we could talk about the Notre Dame game in 17. That's probably the last – you know, relic like or remembrance of what the OB used to be like. You know, again, I'm old school. I started following Miami in, in, in the middle 80s, you know, the Fiesta Bowl in 86, and it just continued all the way through, you know. But those times going through like the, the late 90s going into the early 2000s, man, it was something different, man. You know, it just – that OB just brought so much – like drama, you know, there was so many close games. And I thought, you know, you always talk about that home field advantage. And I truly believe that that OB created so much home field advantage. You know, again, not that only that FSU game. What about the, the Florida game, you know, with Brock Berlin and the comeback? There's so many memorable games that you can look at and be like, you know what? All it takes is for one play, one one touchdown, and that momentum and that crowd goes crazy. It's a wrap, man. It is complete wrap. Yeah, we haven't got that much of that lately, but I will tell you that 2018 
Miami FSU with the comeback, man. Like that that was crazy up there, man. Like I, I oh man, like when oh, Coach any, back, man, oh yeah. Anytime we beat FSU is hot. I, one of the yeah, things yeah. I missed the most about the Orange Bowl was like when the other teams had to ride that bus in that oh, in, in that city and ride up and just kind of just they see what they're about to go through. They're not even in the stadium yet. It's the bus ride alone, just through that hood. It was it was a just it was awesome, man. It was awesome. So obviously you talked about that was your probably most memorable game. Talk to me about maybe who who some of your favorite players, you know, uh, and tell me why. Uh, I'm, and and it's going to be weird because it's going to kind of correlate to what I just said. Uh, Frank Gore is my favorite guy. Uh, and, and it was a lot to do because of the kind of dude he was. Uh, I don't know. A lot of people don't know this. You might know this because you're old school, but he would take the city bus and go with his mom to do the dialysis. His mom was on dialysis and he would do this. Going to school while they're practicing. I mean, if you just knew the type of dude Frank was, and now look what he turned into, right? He's Hall of Famer, one of the greatest running backs of all time, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, the type of dude he was, I just thought he was real Miami, the guy that needed the scholarship, the guy that needed to be good to get out of the area, you know, to take care of his mom and, and the things he did. Frank Gore is my guy, man, because he was class all the time, and you don't hear one. Not one former player say one negative thing about Frank Gore. That's the kind of duties. And, then, and the NFL speaks for itself, right? Who knew he was going to turn into that? And then, of course, I'm a big Ray Lewis guy, too. You know, I'm a big Ray Lewis guy. But Frank Gore, I would say, is my number one dude, and that's why. Gotcha. What about coaches? Talk to me about some of the good coaches. I mean, obviously, we've had tremendous coaches. You know, obviously, we just lost a legend, you know, two weeks ago in, in, in Howard. You know, but then Jimmy and Dennis, you know, Larry kind of, like, took over the coattails of Butch. Um, talk to me about maybe one of your, your favorite coaches and why. I think uh, the obvious choice that a lot of people always bring up, obviously, is Jimmy because he had he he had Miami swag and he wasn't even from Miami. It was the weirdest thing, wow. right? <laughs> um, um, so Jimmy is, is one that sticks out. But I actually, and it might not be popular, I was a big, big Butch Davis guy. You know, yeah. um, I, I like Butch Davis a lot. I thought he brought the right dudes, you know, back. And to the to, to the to the teams, um, you know, whatever you can have opinions on what he could have done better, where he failed. But I was a big Butch Davis guy, and uh, I, I don't know which way you're going to go with this, but I think we haven't done a great job pretty much since then, almost. And so, maybe you know what, and, and I'm glad you said that because I would definitely agree. I think the only thing close to that is bringing in you know Coach Rick in 2016. Um, all because of the name, um, the stability that, you know, Coach Rick brought after that. But, you know, Butch came in and, and, you know, obviously he was coming in right after the Pell Grant scandal. And listen, you remember 97, 47, nothing up at Doak. Like, you know, he really turned that program around. People bought into what he was selling. It's kind of like the Al Golden regime, right? Like Al Golden can send ice to it. You know, he'll sell ice to an Eskimo type thing, you know. But Butch really cared about his players. And even now him at FIU – He's still doing a great job over at FIU. So I, I will back you when you say Butch Davis because, like, I think Butch is a phenomenal individual. People wanted to get mad at him for what he was doing when they, when, when FIU beat Miami. But, bro, like, that's your sure. job. Right? It works. It worked. Whatever you did, it worked. You beat Miami. Um, you know, it, it's crazy when you, when you think about some of the old players, you know, and what they brought to the program and what they still bring to the program. You know, I look at Frank Gore and I saw him a couple uh, a couple years back when he was being inducted into the University of Miami Hall of Fame. Um, and you talk about a class act and you, and you hit it on the head, a class act, a humble. And when I say humble, like I'm taking that up a notch. One of the most humblest individuals I think you will ever meet, you know, from a college standpoint, from a professional standpoint. Let me ask you this, Flo. 
if Frank Gore doesn't blow out his knee, do we see Willis McGahee? I mean, you're talking about one of the – I mean, I still think the greatest running back room ever. <laughs> like, I, I mean, good luck trying to convince me on that. Like, Correct. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day – and it's funny. We were having this discussion, I think it was like two or three weeks ago somewhere. It might have been in, a, in one of the group chats or something. And it was like you really couldn't argue with people. Like you, brought, Franco was that guy, right? If he doesn't hurt his knee, who knows, bro? Like, right? Because he came in from day he came in from day one pushing everybody. Like, yeah. day one. He wasn't like, oh, give him a couple years. That dude came in like, I'm going to get reps. <laughs> Whether you like, you know. Yeah. Um but that that running back room alone was like what one A one B one C like you could it's it's like playing craps just throw whatever comes out it's gonna be hot you know at the end of the day but I, to answer your question I, I still to this day and, and maybe because I'm a little biased you know because he's my my guy I just don't I thought he was the truth he was the most complete dude I've seen us have I just he could do it I mean and. And he did something that was extremely underrated back in the day that now is a, it's kind of a big deal because the whole world is a passing league. He could pick up the blitz yeah. at, as a freshman. which yeah. th- And you guys know football. That's, that's usually why they don't get on the field. It's not that they can't run. They just don't know where, they don't know where they're coming from. Dude, mm-hmm. Frank Gore was just elite at everything he did. And you, and you hit it, man. Humble. That's a great word to, to describe him. He is just... I just don't know of a better rep for us, man. Yeah. Honestly, I, I, I love Frank, but you know, I would tell you that he's probably my favorite pro cane, right? Like watching his career in the league, and I mean, he's been father time, and you know, like I mean, this guy has just done it, man. I think he's what fourth in all time rushing now or something. Third, third, yeah. I mean, the dude, come out and be third in all time rushing in the NFL. I mean. That's impressive. That just, that just shows you his training, right? Obviously, yeah. you're talking about a guy who had two ACL tears, right? And this is going back, you know, 20 years ago and is still balling. I'm just hoping at one point he goes to the Patriots so he complete the whole AFC East, you know, I'm a Dolphin fan at the same point. But, you know, it's crazy. You know, play for the Dolphins, play for the Bills, you know, play for the Jets, play for, you know, Indy, play for San Fran. But whenever you talk to anybody, and we've had former guests on, like we had Jared Payton on a couple weeks ago, and they all say the same thing. Like just the longevity that Frank has been able to sustain in the NFL, it, it just it goes to his work ethic and it goes to, you know, what he does for his body, you know. And you ever you never know if he didn't hurt his knees, how good he could have been, or you know, how you know it just makes you wonder. Or if he didn't hurt his knees, would he have turned out the way he is now? You know what I mean? So, you know, you got both sides of the ball there. So and, and Junior's running up at uh, at Southern oh, Miss so right yes. now. What what if right? And I mean, this is this is a crazy scenario because I don't know if he's got this long in him. But what if him and him and Junior are both in the league at the same time? That Has that ever been done? That's never been done, right? Probably There's not by running backs. That's probably – and that's the thing, right? A running back, wow. the longevity is what, on an average four to five years? And yeah. you look at somebody who's pushing 17 years in the league. You know, <laughs> I mean, bro, like 100% Frank Gore. Just he – father time is Frank Gore, and it, it's crazy. And, you know, I give him mad props. You know, Flo, I, I know you're you're big into – um, you're big into recruiting. You know, again, you said you work for rivals. You know, and, and I'm a big proponent of – like not stars, right? I don't care what kind of stars you have. The University of Miami has had tons of four stars, five stars that have been complete bust, but yet they've had no stars, one stars, two stars that have turned out to be phenomenal Hall of Fame, you know, NFL players. You know, 
Uh, we got about about another thirty seconds, so we're gonna I'm gonna touch on that real quick, and then we'll go to go to break, and then we'll come back on that. But tell me a little bit about the about thirty seconds. Tell me about the rivals rankings and what you think about them. I don't think it's like it used to be. Uh, honestly, now they're just trying to fit guys in a cookie cutter, meaning like, you know, if he's this position, he has to be this size. What does he run? Um, you know, what's it? What 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 is his wingspan? It's more like a combine, and and the seven on seven is definitely, definitely, definitely clouding that. I mean, that's a I'm whole other episode. That up. That, no, listen, <laughs> when we come back from break, like I literally, I'm glad you said seven on seven because to me that has hurt college football. And uh, in, in certain in certain aspects, right? So let's do this. Let's go to break, and when we come back, let's touch on that seven and seven, and let's talk a little bit more about the ranking. So we'll be back here on the Ken Gang Show. It's your boy DC. You got the bird, and as a guest, we got our boy Miami Flow. We'll catch you guys in in about yeah 20, 30 seconds. Give us a minute. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuel Apolo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking, I'm, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't, you I don't call know. him that, I call him Tunga Vailoa, whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apolo. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apolo? Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apolo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apolo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apolo. Tunga Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. I'm here to warn you about telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Some of these scammers may say threatening things like you will be arrested if you don't make payments or provide personal information. Do not fall for these tricks. These calls are not from us. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you for information or money. If you receive a call like this, hang up. Never give the caller your personal information like your Social Security number or bank account or send money in any form cash, gift cards, wire transfers, or prepaid debit cards. Report the call to our law enforcement arm, the Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Share this information with your friends and family. Hola mi gente, ¿qué tal? Les saluda la diva Potra, la caballota, la reina y mi cuy. Un saludo a mi gente de Slam Radio. with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. All 
right, man, we're back here. You know, thanks for sticking around and joining us here. Um, we got Miami Flo still with us here. Now, Flo, right before we went to break, I brought up the rivals thing and the ranking things. And then you brought up the seven on seven. It's so hard for me to get behind these, you know, young individuals and these young student athletes on seven on seven, especially receivers, right? So let's, let's, I'm going to bring out an individual who plays at the University of Miami, who was a five star, Mark Pope, like, you know, no secret, phenomenal seven on seven player. The problem is, and this goes with other people, there's no contact. You're not going across the middle looking for a safety to come, you know, knock, knock your head off. It's different playing seven on seven than it is playing with pads on. Do you agree or disagree? No, a hundred percent. Like for me, it would be the guy at the seven on seven. Like if I was still doing all that stuff, the way I would approach it is the guy in the seven on seven would catch my eye. I would look for like short area quickness, hand-eye coordination, whatever, all the simple things that you can see when no one's touching you. But I would always go to tape and to 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 confirm. Like and 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 that's not that's not happening now. I mean, you look at and I'm not trying to call people out, but I just call it how I see it, bro, straight up. You look at some of the guys that are being hired at these places that are giving out the stars, not just rivals, there's other ones, right? You look at their background. I don't understand how they can go evaluate a 16, 17-year-old young man when their background is a, is a, is an iPad, you know, at yeah. the end of the day. You know, yeah. you got to know what you're looking at. You got to know how it feels, you know. There's there's things you got to look for. So the 7-on-7 seven seven to me has been a lot like the AAU was with basketball. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get that big because now all the big companies are going to come in, Adidas, Nike. They're going to come sponsor these things. Yeah, bro. And it's going to hurt the game. 100% it's going to hurt recruiting for sure. I, I don't see a positive other than the fact that maybe a, a young man that didn't get noticed on his high school tape might have got noticed at a seven on seven. And then a good evaluator went back and said, all right, let me see if the tape matches, you know, at the end of the day. But man, th- this is a this is a sore spot for me because I, I, I love recruiting. And I think there's I agree with you. I mean, Ed Reeves, a two star at the end of the day. Like, you kidding me? Yeah, it's crazy. Everybody, uh, everybody making money on these kids backs, man, you know. You know, I, I remember uh, maybe about a year or two ago that someone actually made a, a fake profile for a, a kid. Then the kid didn't even exist, and Rivals gave him like a three star. And yeah. I was, yeah, I called out for that, like, bro, like, and I think that goes back to your point, right? You got to put into work to actually go see what these kids are doing. You know, see how they're working. And I'm a big proponent of too is, is character, right? Like to me, like I'm a big character person. I want to see not only. Like you want to catch a touchdown, you want to run for 80 yards. How do you handle yourself? Act like you've been there before, right? You, you know, you get a sack. I listen. I understand you want to get emotional, but man, like act like you've been there before. You know what I mean? So when I look at our team now, and obviously we're building something, and I feel like we're building something to get back, not to the 01 standard because I just think that that's not going to be touched. I, I mean. I just don't think the 01, 02 teams are, will ever get back to where they are. You know, what we transcended back in the early 2000s is what Alabama has done over the last, you know, eight, nine years. But what we're doing now with our coaches, let me ask you this. Obviously, we got rid of some coaches the last couple of years. Obviously, our offense was kind of putrid. You know, we got rid of Danny Notes. We brought in Brett Lashley. Our defensive scheme has been kind of terrible the last couple of seasons. You get rid of Baker. You know, now now it's on Manny, right? Manny's the one who's actually calling the D. You know, you, you get rid of Rump. Well, you demote Rump and you, and you bring in DVD to run corner, and then you bring in T-Rob. Talk to me a little bit about what you feel about our coaching situation and, and what you expect from our coaches. 
Well, I think at the end of the day, it's it's whatever you surround yourself with. I don't care, especially when you're a first-time head coach, bro. Like, uh, the one thing I will definitely – I mean, there's a few things, but one of the things that I will give Manny a ton of credit for is he's not scared to make changes. If he's wrong, he owns it and he makes the change. I think that's that's fire, bro, because you we can name a couple coaches that wouldn't do that and they cost them their job. And oh, it costs us – yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, look, right, right. <laughs> right. So, I mean, if you look at it from the outside and you're neutral and you're not just a, a, an unbelievable diehard Kane fan, you got to give the guy some time to make some mistakes, right? What what I'm judging him on is what does he do when he makes the mistake? Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, like, he's made the changes. You said something that I think is very, very key. This year he has no excuses. Like, I think he's checking a lot of boxes right now from a personnel standpoint in that coaching room. I mean, you got guys that are position coaches that are former coordinators. I mean, that that's hot. And then yeah. what, what really put me over the board overboard for Manny was when he brought in, you know, Bob Shoot. Like, I my opinion, and I and I think I've said this at, on every show I've been on, I think it was the most underrated hire like by far, because if you know football, this dude's an absolute genius and he has that mentality that we have in Miami. Because one thing that pissed me off a lot about Baker, and whatever, I hope he kills it at LSU. I don't have hate for people, but I'm glad he's not here anymore. Is that you can't recruit Miami kids and then throw them in 70% zone. Oh, and then get, and then get pissed off. <laughs> right. And, and, no, and then get pissed off that they don't do it well. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I, I, it just drove me nuts, the scheme that we were running. I think with the, the new staff, it's clear what direction he's going. T. Rob likes to, likes to run, you know, bump 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 press, right? Like you bump and run and press. Very yeah. aggressive. He brings back Simpson. That that's a vertical. That's a that's vertical. One of the best hires, bro. Yeah, right. One of and, the best I, and I know you uh, know this for a fact. DVD is a killer on the recruiting trail. He just couldn't get credit because you know that dude. If learning under T. Rob. What he's going to be able to do for us in, on the trail is just on another level. Like, I know T-Rob is – he's about to get another first-round guy right now. One, one of his corners is about to go first round again. So, T-Rob – yeah, T-Rob is proven, right? But yeah. for me, honestly, was 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 bringing the analyst in that can actually say, no, Manny, I don't agree with that. I think we so should do it. Go ahead. He's, you know, I was going to say, he's an analyst in title, but I say all the time, I mean, that guy's our DC, right? I think he's the guy who's making the game plans. He's the guy who's who's telling Manny this is what we do. Granted, I believe Manny's going to call the D, but there's a lot more to being a defensive coordinator than just calling the plays on game day, right? Um, you know, there's a lot of planning that goes into it. There's a lot of scheming and whatnot. And I think Shoup's the guy that's doing all that for us. He's just not being paid as an on-field coach because he's making a million bucks from, from Michigan uh, last year. So that guy's our DC, right? Make no mistake about it. He's way more than an analyst. So, but I totally, totally agree with your take on the, the shoe pyre. And I think it was huge. And, you know, of course, I mean, bringing Jess, Sim, uh, Jess Simpson back, um, you know, that guy is a college coach, man. I know he got a great job offer in the NFL, but, you know, coming back and, uh, you know, he's a, he's a teacher, man. And he's a guy these guys want to play for. And look, he already has the advantage. He recruited, you know, a good amount of these guys, right? You know what uh, I look forward to is, is the just like the Jess Simpson, Stacy Searles matchup, you know, in North Carolina? Because obviously, yeah. you know, again, you look, you look at the last two seasons, man. Stacy Searles had listen. He knew what Baker or or Manny was going to run. They're going to push the ends up the field. 
you know, he'll do quick little draws, whatever the case may be, and just eat up the tackles, right? So it's going to be interesting to see when that comes to fruition, you know, Jess Simpson against Stacey Searles on how that game plan works out. So there's a lot of things to be excited about this year. Obviously, the Alabama game, um, again, it's up in the air. I had a, I had a conversation with uh, with uh, my partner today that when we were at lunch, and uh, we kind of dropped a we, we kind of dropped a bet, hundred bucks. He th- he doesn't think that Derek King is a starter, day, you know, for Alabama. I'm like, bro, I'm taking that bet in a heartbeat. You know what I mean? He made a good point. So and, and why he thinks that Derek King may not be starter for the Alabama game. He's like, Miami is a medical school. There is no way that they're going to risk that kid's, you know, maybe potential future throwing him into that, you know, first game, game one against Alabama. You know, Flo, what do you think about that comment? Uh, honestly, I mean, I think the coaches are saying what they're supposed to say right now. He's, you know, he's surpassing our expectations. He's killing it. I don't care how good medical has advanced. It's an ACL tear on a, on a running quarterback, you know, at the end of the day against arguably a top three team in the beginning of the year. Because, yeah, they replaced a lot on offense, but not too much on defense. Top you know? team. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I, know, I, I'm just, I, know. I will say this. If we're gonna if we're gonna catch uh, Bam at, at a good time, first game is the right time to catch him. With that, you know, you got all new receivers, all all new backs, new quarterback, a couple of <laughs> new new scheme. You know, at the end of the day, and 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 Manny does have that type of defense that I like against a young quarterback. Which is, yeah. look, you might get a big play, but we're coming. Like we're gonna come. We're not gonna sit there and let you just pick us apart. But to get back to your point. I think Derek plays only because I think the pressure of him coming back, that was that was the thing. I guarantee you when they were selling him, they were like, you get to play Bama. You know, we got Bama first game next year, right? And I, I think he plays, you know, honestly. Do I think do I think it's smart? <laughs> flip a coin, you know, like I see both sides. I see a guy that's like, oh, okay, there's if the coaches are saying the truth, which we never really know, they gotta say the right things. I understand that. They got to tell us hey, everything's going great. They're not going to say, "Dude, he's sucking, his knees swollen." I don't yeah. think they're going to say stuff like that, right? But if if the guy's healthy, you play him. I mean, he's 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 our best player on, on offense, whether we like it or not. You know, I, I've heard people argue both sides, but name me a quarterback that we've had that's been better than him in recent history. Good luck. Ready, set, go. <laughs> you know? You know, you say recent history. It's been a yeah. while. You know, I'll yeah. go back to, you know, again, I don't even go back to Kyle. I go back to probably Stephen Morris is probably our best quarterback, you yeah. know, since, you know, the modern era. Like, I mean, you could say Ja'Cory was decent, but since Brock Berlin, I mean, I would have to say Stephen Morris has probably been our best quarterback. Um, yeah. who, who are you excited about? Who are you excited about moving forward into the 21 season, who are you looking forward to step up to make a name for themselves? Obviously last year and the year before we had Greg Rousseau, we had Jalen, we have Quincy, you know, again, now all those portal guys are pretty much gone. You know, Jose Borgales. I mean, obviously we still have, you know, uh, you know, Lou, but really as far as portal guys, they're gone. Our best players that were, you know, Brevins, like who are you looking forward to stepping up this year and being the leader and being that breakout star? I don't know if he'll be a leader, but I think the guy that they're not going to be able to keep off the field and everything I'm hearing from the inside, and you, you guys are probably hearing the same stuff. You, we probably speak to the same people. Is Avante Williams is the real deal? Like the, he's going to play somewhere. And the cool thing about him, he's versatile. You don't have to play him at safety. You don't have to, you know, strong, free. You can play striker. He plays some corner as well. Like he's going to play. And everything that's coming out of camp is that 
it's kind of like the Xavier Restrepo on 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 offense. Like you ain't keeping him off the field this year. Like he, like he's that dude that's like when coaches use that line. Like I don't think we're gonna be able to keep him off the field. It's like yeah. saying we have to give him the, the the reps. The guy's killing it at practice, right? So I think Avante Williams is gonna be that that star, that emerging star. Uh, and I will say I'll keep it on the defensive side. I think Hunt has a good chance as long as uh, you know. Miller and Ford take that step where they can get a couple double teams and let him just just attack. I think Hunt is that guy, man. Yeah. So l- let me throw a couple things out to you, and you can tell me if you agree or disagree. You know, on the offensive side of the ball, you brought up Restrepo. And I think the kid – I think he has the goods, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at that crowded room. I mean, again, you're talking almost 13 deep there. And you have guys that haven't even stepped onto campus yet. The Romello Brensons, the Jacoby George, the Prashard Smiths. Like you talking about just burners, you know what I mean? So I'm looking forward, like, again, you look at Brashard, Jacoby, uh, X, Harley, they're all pretty much slot guys. You're, you're not playing them at the X or, or the Y. Like they're really going to be inside. You know, maybe you throw occasionally them to the outside. Um, but it's going to be a huge battle as far as who's getting burned and who's getting PT. You know, last year I thought Jeremiah Payton was going to just ball out and step up and show out. He was like literally on the back of a milk carton. You know, I, I just don't know what happened to him. So I'm, I'm excited about to see the competition finally in the fall and see what's going to transcend in the fall. Also with our tight ends, like I'm really, really excited about Will Mallory and seeing what's going to happen with Elijah Arroyo too. So those are two guys on the offense side of the ball. Now defense side of the ball, you brought up a good point. And I've said this on the show time and time again, unless you have solid D tackles, I don't care how good your ends are. Your linebackers are going to be trash if you don't have good tackles, right? Someone that I'm actually excited about, and this might be, you know, not not a, a favorite name, but I'm really excited to see Zach McLeod on the defensive end and see what he can do learning from Jess Simpson. And obviously right. someone who's played backer, who knows how to drop back into coverage, who can rush the quarterback as well. Obviously, Kane, you know, you're familiar with these names. Talk to me a little bit about Zach McLeod and what you think about him moving to the D end. See, I'm not a Zach hater. I, I just didn't like him at linebacker, honestly. I mean, and it's not because of the kind of person he is. Tape don't lie, bro. You know, just look at the tape is there. <laughs> you can't hide from the tape. But I think that you're going to see a lot. I mean, again, we probably speak to the same people. You guys know Zach's going to be getting – he's going to be in some packages. He looks really natural at that DN, uh, and he's fighting for a starting job from what I'm hearing. It's not even like he might come in on a sub package on third down. Like, he's pushing – yeah, like this this transfer better wake up because from he hasn't really. I mean, today was the first day or yesterday was the first day. He, go ahead, man. Dirty bird, you want to say something? No, no. Finish your thought. Finish your thought. I guess I'm. No, no, no. I just I, I think that he's at a, a position where it takes thinking out. You know, and he put on some weight. I think if he's gonna excel, that's where he excels. I'm not see. I'm not like that. Like, if the guy didn't play well somewhere, I don't hate him. It's not to me. It's not his fault. I, it's coaching. I always look at the coaches when a player yeah. is not well, playing why, well. And that's why I feel like Miami going to a striker position really took away from a four-three, right? And yeah. you literally limited. You know, Zach was literally a linebacker, but now you take him out of that equation when you want to bring down like a Gilbert Frierson or a Romeo Finley, you know, or those guys in order to play striker. And I think Miami. Literally, sometimes I feel like they get burned playing that striker instead of a legitimate 4-3. I mean, that's just my take on it. Um, but, again, 
film don't lie, right? Like, <laughs> you know, I watched the film and I watched the tape and I just feel like our strikers, I saw a couple times last year, like I thought Gilbert played phenomenal towards the end of the season. You know, he, he learned that position. He knows what to look for. But again, I'm, I'm a big four. I'm a traditional guy, right? I don't care if you're running a three, four or a four, three, like you can scheme all you want and you can mix match and do, run different packages. But a four, three, to me, is a solid defense. You get your best people on the field. You have linebackers that know how to cover a back out of the out of the back. They can cover the tight ends. You know, you get a striker in there, and then from time to time they get lost. You know, in the shuffle. And I think that's kind of what's hurt Miami over the last couple of years is a striker position. Now, there's been talk about Amari Carter now moving over to striker. I think that's going to benefit him. You need to get him out out from away from trying to you know spear people and and target people from the, from the safety position because obviously you're just going to sit on the bench the rest of the game. So, you know, Bird, I know you want to say something, but can we do this real quick? We got to go to break. Got to go to break. And if we don't go to break, the sponsors are going to be mad. So let's go to break. We'll be back real quick on the Kang Gang radio show. We still got Miami Flow, Dirty Birds over there. So we'll be back in a quick second. Bear with us. We'll see you guys in a minute. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing. You're going to be home today, so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good a thing little nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. 
See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. you, you got to take those losses. you got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 1249, iHeart Latino. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. We're pushing that last segment on our first hour here on the Kang Gang Radio Show. Bird, I did not mean to cut you off. I apologize. Please, you know, you, I'll send you a, a sympathy card, whatever you want. But uh, talk to me. What were you going to say? No, no. You know, I just wanted to bring up the fact that, that you know, we have been in Zach's corner since the beginning on this thing, man. You know, like there has not been a player that has been more just, I mean, just beaten up in, in our fan base, right? And, uh, you know, it's really just – it's awesome to see that he's doing well in practice. I mean, the clips that they're putting out, I mean – Dude, he they're, they're the one clip that they put out uh, yesterday. I mean, he smoked Scaife. Like, I mean, he smoked him and ran ran right by him and made him look foolish, right? Yeah. Um, so you know, look, we said this we said this thing about Zach, right? He's got the frame of a DN, right? He's able to put up, get himself up in the two seventies, you know, and take that, you know, really take it seriously, which we know, you know, the kid's got it upstairs, man. He's mentally strong. Learn from Jess Simpson, right? And really unleash, like. I'm not saying this kid's going to be all ACC, but I think he's going to be a productive, solid defensive end where everybody looks at him and they're like, "Man, kind of, kind of like the way Trent Harris went." It's 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 almost coming down to the same same thing. Like I, I was a huge you know toolbox Trent Harris uh, fan, yeah. man. I, I loved watching that guy. So, you know, you know when, was that coming too. back? Was that coming back again? Um, kind of reminds me of I want to call him the. Uh, the second coming of Scott Patchen. You know what I mean? So, uh, <laughs> yeah, Scott bro. had like seven or eight comings though, man. So, Flo, I, I think our defense can be like legitimately top ten if, if you look at who we're bringing back, right? I think our defensive ends are unproven. Um, obviously, you have DeAndre Johnson. Even though you were at Tennessee, you were in the SEC, I didn't really see a lot of flashes that you were like a baller, right? So, you know, on the other side, you know, you have Harvey. I think who can be a solid defensive end. 
Um, but our interior line with Quentin Williams, um, with, I mean, I said Leonard Taylor's coming in and it's hard to like, not think about the number three overall player in the country and someone like Leonard Taylor, but you brought up a good point with like Miller, Nesta Ford. I think it's time for those guys to really prove their worth and step up. I mean, you've been in the program long enough to know what you guys have to do and you don't have to get to the quarterback. Your job is to literally just kind of, you know, take on the center, take on the guards, allow, allow your linebackers freedom to kind of hit the gaps. So that's your job, right? Let your ends do what they have to do. Looking at our linebackers, I'm really excited on Corey Flagg. I think Corey Flagg is that old school, like just, you know, pop you in the mouth. Bradley Jennings came in late last season and showed me a lot. Obviously he was hurt for first couple of seasons, but I think Bradley Jennings played, you know, tremendous his last couple, you know, last couple of games. The secondary is where I was getting going to be, you know, figuring I was going to be a little worried, but you know, you get Tyreek Stevenson who transfers over um, blades is cleared. Now um, DJ Ivy looks like he's put on some weight, put on some muscle to me. The only thing with DJ Ivy, I think he has the tools. It's, it's the mental part of the game, right? Like how do you handle the mental part of the game to Corey couch is a dog. You saw that last year. I think that's going to go, you know, and, and he's going to ball out your secondary bubble coming back. I think just, you know, bolsters your defense, um, Gervin, uh, Carter, um, James Williams, that's another five-star player. You know, again, it's going to be hard. Avante, like you said, it's going to be hard. To, like that secondary and that defense has enough athletes, has enough talent, and has enough maturity, I think, to really bring Miami defense to what it used to be back in the heydays. Uh, talk to me a little bit about what you think about those comments. No, I, I don't disagree. I think you, you hit it on the head. I, I will say this because Berg brought up a point of, you know, they're putting out a bunch of clips right now of, of McLeod being people and Stevenson getting burned a couple of times. You know, if you're hearing every, everything I'm hearing is Stevenson is just locking people down at, overall at, at camp right now. Like he's just those are probably the only two times he got beat. And one of them was a backside. You know, um, I just think T-Rob changes the mentality of those DBs. You know, Hall took a step back last year. Let's be, let's just be honest. Right. But the linebackers were getting all the the criticism. We'll just say criticism, right? But let's 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 it starts from the D-line. The D-line was letting the offensive line climb up and get on those backers too. Which okay, the backers didn't play well, but that's cuz there's offensive linemen in their grill when when the D-line's not holding them there, right? Yeah. The zone, I thought for me the scheme killed them. Like that's just cuz you you can tell me all you want that it was the same defense that Manny ran and I could I'll just we could just go to the tape. It's third and two, and we're eight yards off the ball. And then you go the year before, third and two, we're right in their face. It's it's a different defense, right? So to 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 just finish on your point, I expect a huge year from Couch, huge year from Couch, especially with T. Rob coaching him. Uh, I think Stevenson's that guy. Uh, Bubba's that guy. Hall is where I am a little bit hoping that he comes back to what he's supposed to be with T. Rob there. But if not, that's going to be James Williams or Kitchens because a lot of people forget about Kitchens. Kitchens is no yeah. joke. He's yeah. no joke, right? But I will say the same name I brought up before because I, – and I'll put my name on it and I'll stamp it. Avante Williams is going to be the playmaker on that defense this year. Mark my words. He's that good, and he's that good right now. Like, he's killing everybody at practice. And and they played him at three different positions already. <laughs> and he's killed it at all three. Go ahead. One thing out there too, though, you know – Here's the thing, like Bubba Bolden, to me, we saw two versions. We saw a junkyard dog, and in the second half of the year, man, we saw a guy who was, was 
pretty much lost out there at, at times, man. So, you know, for me, man, you know, Bubba's got to take a step this year, right? I mean, we've all we've all seen what he can do, but you know, to me, he's got to be able to put it together for a full season, right? And you know, really put that uh, put that effort out there, man. Because you know, there was some times where you're just looking last year, like, man, what is going on with him? Well, I go back to that NC State game. I thought he had a phenomenal season up to the NC State game. There's like their their first touchdown, if you remember, Flo. There was uh, like a throwback pass, and then. Like that left tackle, a left guard went on and just pancake Bubba, and I swear, ever since that that game, I did not see Bubba in, in the same way. I mean, yeah, again, I, I'm looking at the film, I'm looking at the tape, right? Um, you know, we struggled against teams last year that we shouldn't have struggled against. I mean, you know, let's 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 be clear about it. The three the three games that we lost, we weren't even in those games. We talked about the Oklahoma State game. Yeah, you came back. You put up a good fight. I mean, you were down 21 nothing. If their receiver doesn't decide to sit out, like, bro, who knows what would have happened? You know what I mean? So I feel like we're, we're getting to where we need to get, but we're not there yet. To me, Manny, this goes back to your point with Manny. Manny did exactly what he needed to do. He cut, you know, he cut ties with, like, the deficiencies that we had offense and defense. Now moving forward, I still got to give him his four years of recruiting because, to me, you got your full, you know, full four years of your recruiting class. Let's see how you guys develop these players. I'm not going to say that the coaches didn't develop the players last year because I think they just had some talent. But I think moving forward, I want to see the development of the Harrison Hunts. And I think this is where Simpson really, really comes into a, a, a huge factor and a huge role because he has talent there. Again, DeAndre Johnson, Harrison Hunt, you know, now let's see. If Nesta, Miller, and Ford blow up this year, to me, that's on that's that's because of Coach Simpson, right? Getting the most out of your players, you know, your linebackers, you know, and we've heard this, you know, again, we've heard from some inside that when Manny is calling the defense and Manny's coaching the linebackers, it's completely different than when Packy or Baker is coaching the linebackers, right? So now again, it's all on Manny. The secondary, I want to see the difference between DVD and what Mike did last year and Coach Rump did, right? Because I just don't know what the difference is going to be between the two. They both played. I look at somebody like Coach Rump, who, again, he played, you know, got a, got a ring in 01, was a first-round draft pick. It's not like he doesn't know what he's doing, right? So I just want to see what the difference is now. Is it the coaches or is it the players? Were the players not willing to accept the coaching or was the coaches not really accepting what the talent was with those corners? You know, and I think our corners were really, you know, Kind of suspect last year, besides to Corey, who really balled out. Now, you brought out something good. To Corey and Tyree, are those your two starting corners? Um, I, I, Bro, I, I, you're killing me because I, I, I hope. <laughs> it's, just your, it's just your opinion, right? But you know why? Because I'm hoping that DJ finally takes a, like, takes a step. You know, like I'm sure. hoping. But, yeah, if, if I had to put money on it right this second, I would ride with Couch and Stevenson right now. I, Why not? I mean, you both got you got two sophomores, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, Blades will be Blades and Ivy are upperclassmen. They're both seniors. You know, technically, could they come back because of the COVID year? Yeah, right. um, but you know what you're getting out of those two, right? So why not go in, you know, maybe run with your your sophomores and, and see what you get out of them? You know, you have you know solid backups in case something happens. But I kind of agree with you. I, I don't see why you don't go Stevenson into Corey Bird. What do you think about that as far as uh, corners one, you know, on each side? I mean, I got Stevenson and uh, and Blades myself, man. Um, 
you know, but I mean, I, look, I love Takori. I think he's, uh, I think he's a great nickel, and uh, I think we're going to see him on the field, you know, making plays a lot. You know, look, look, Takori. The one thing, like every single time that he's he's always between his man and the ball, and he's close to his close to his man, and he always gets a chance to put a hand up and, and put it on the ball, man. You know, um, so I, I, Couch is probably my favorite of the three, but I think he's best suited in the slot. I thought the same thing with, with with Trajan. I thought Trajan wasn't a true corner. I thought he was more of a nickel or a dime guy. And I think that that's what kind of hurts some of these guys when they think – but, bro, when you're 5'8", 5'9", 160 pounds, like what what good are you doing playing against 6'4", six, 6'5", six, receivers? You know, so, so, Flo, we've talked a little bit about the defensive side of the ball. Let me ask you about Charleston Rambo. Are you excited about this this transfer as far as what we had from the wide receiver room last year? I mean, I think it can only benefit you, right? Like, it's, it can't hurt you bringing in somebody. I just watched that Florida game um, a week ago. I watched the bowl game again, and, like, Rambo was just killing those dudes, man. So what's your take on Charleston Rambo? I'm, I'm a little bit on the minority side of this. I'm, I need to see it, you know, because I saw one year where he looked like the truth. And then, and let's be honest, the scheme he's coming from was very wide receiver friendly, right? And you could say the, the, you know, the new quarterback kind of like the younger receivers better this past year, right? And that's why he transferred. But he has some drops, okay? I'm not going, I'm not talking about anything about the dude's speed. The dude flies. He's not, he's a playmaker. You, 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 you can't play right up on him because he'll run right by you. Okay, I give him all that. I just – he needs to show me, you know, at the end of the day. I, I've always been that way at the end of the day. You know, I, I'm not going to change. I I love the fact that they brought him in, though. Like, I definitely like the fact that they brought him in because if, if we hit on him, it changes the entire the entire way we're going to play. Because, remember, they said they want to run a six – like six guys, right? They want, they want to run a six-man rotation this year at wide receiver. And if he comes in and he's pushing or actually starting, that means to me – that he not only earned it, but we have another blazer there. And I like the speed. You know, I really like the speed. I'm not, you know, I've been on record. I'm not a, I'm not a Wiggins guy, you know, at the end of the day. And, uh, and I'm not a Peyton guy at the end of the day. So for me, you bring in Rambo, he does what he's supposed to do. And, but all you hear out of the camp is that that dude can run. That dude can run. Okay. He can run. So, 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 yeah, you know, like our issue wasn't that we didn't have guys that could run. We just had guys that were having a, we had a bad year catching the ball a little bit. All right. You know, and, and we'll see what so Coach Lightfield does. So you're saying yeah. he can run. <laughs> yeah. But that's all you hear, right? Like you watch all the interviews, you talk to the people that are around there and they're like, you, that dude can run. That dude can run. Great. Awesome. That, I, we got to like, I, I love it. But we need dudes that can catch the ball, man. Like, like catch the ball for us. I'm hopeful, but I need to see it. Same thing with the transfer at the end from Tennessee, Dion. I need to see it. You know, um, that's just facts, man. That's not that I don't believe in them. I'm hopeful. I always want them to kill it when they come here. Are you kidding me? Yeah, correct. Um, but and he's in the right scheme. He's in a good scheme, right? That that's good. I think he'll help, he'll help out our running game because you can't stack the box now because you got to keep somebody over the top with dude like that. But I'm hoping Keyshawn takes that spot personally. That's just my. I, I want him to take that. I got you. Okay. So, so Flo, um, we're getting ready to run up on, on our next break real quick. But, you know, I want people to know where they can find you. You know what I mean? Um, we appreciate you jumping in here on the Kang Gang Show. And, again, I would love to have you back on when, you're, when your time's available. Um, where can people find you? Where can they watch your show at? You know, things like that. It's pretty simple. On YouTube, it's just the Miami Flow Show. Um, I, I have a Facebook group. It's also the Miami Flow. My Instagram, which is just all recent. I, I wasn't really a big social media guy. Is Miami Flow Twitter? It's at, at Upkane. 
Uh, it's always about Miami football. I try to keep it real, keep it 100, man, at the end of the day. And uh, But I respect everybody's opinion, you know, as long as as long as long it's respectful. I don't yeah. like trash. I don't like trashing anybody on our team. But, uh, you know, call it how you see it. And I appreciate yeah. y'all having me on, man. Love love the show. No, man, we appreciate it. I mean, obviously, you know, we've been around for a little bit. You know, you know, we're we're the only nationally based, you know, University of Miami, you know, show on, you know, in the nation, you know, here on SiriusXM, which is a great platform. That's why we want to reach out and extend our hand to people that, you know, that are true fans and passionate fans, just like we are. Because at the end of the day, man, like I just want every everybody's voices to be heard, you know, you know, nationwide. Because at the end of the day, we might have people in Topeka, Kansas, or you know, somewhere in BFE listening to us. You know, there's 40 million subscribers on SiriusXM, so you know, we appreciate you coming on, and I definitely want to have you back on again, maybe as an after spring after spring game, maybe we can chop it up a little bit, and uh, you know, we'll get some some relics and some takes and see what we got from there. So. Awesome. I appreciate you coming on, man. You have a great night. Um, you know, wish the family well, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, bud. Good night, boys. Take care. Man, that was uh, Miami Flo here on the Kang Gang Radio Show. Bird, man, I know we're getting ready to push the break. We'll get into that second hour, but uh, that was a great uh, great interview right there. Yeah, man. Love having, uh, love having you know, good Kang fans on here that uh, that have smart takes, man. And that guy really knows his stuff. Well, he, was really the truth, man. Like, he was one of the – He's one of the better guests that we had as far as knowledge in speaking it. So I definitely appreciate it. You know, his take on that. So, so Barry, go ahead and take us to break. And then when we come back, uh, we'll get into some Canes baseball, you know, actually they're kind of uh, on the up again since that (laughs) downward spiral at FSU. And uh, maybe we'll get our boy Vic, you know, locked in and we'll talk some Canes baseball. So thanks to break. And uh, we'll catch you guys shortly. All right. You guys are listening to the Kane gang radio show here on Sirius XM slam radio channel 145. We'll be back in a moment. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tua Manuela Pola too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking I'm, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't, you I don't call know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Manuela Pola. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Manuela Pola? Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Manuela Pola? Tunga Vailoa. Tua Manuela Pola? Tunga Vailoa. Tua Manuela Pola? Tunga Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. I'm here to warn you about telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Some of these scammers may say threatening things like you will be arrested if you don't make payments or provide personal information. Do not fall for these tricks. These calls are not from us. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you for information or money. If you receive a call like this, hang up. 
Never give the caller your personal information, like your social security number or bank account, or send money in any form, cash, gift cards, wire transfers, or prepaid debit cards. Report the call to our law enforcement arm, the Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Share this information with your friends and family. Hola mi gente, ¿qué tal? Les saluda la diva, la potra, la caballota, la reina y mi cuy. Un saludo a mi gente de Slam Radio. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Man, one hour down, one hour to go here on the Kang Gang Radio Show, and it is—it's uh, great, man. I'm—I'm I'm so excited um, to actually, you know, talk about this because it's—it's been—it's been good. Because at the end of the day, like we went through a down, like a really bad time a couple weeks ago since that FSU series, and now to be able to pick our chin back up and be like, you know what? Okay, Kings baseball actually are, are doing something well again, you know. Um, so yeah, we had a big win the other, you know, Wednesday night um, over there at uh, FIU at home. And uh, yeah. let's see, man, do we got our we got our boy, we got, we got our boy Vic. Vic, you you with us? Kang Gang Baseball Insider, what's up, Vic? Uh, I think Vic, you're on mute, Vic. <laughs> hey, where you at, man? Where you at, Vic? Vic, you there? Can you hear me now, Vic? <laughs> well, give him a second to get his audio straightened out here. But, uh, but yeah, them boys have been on fire, man. Uh, uh, Del Castillo brothers, man, just been absolutely clubbing it out there, man. Um, yeah, so. Bro, they actually had the FIU game. And, I, I mean, again, they went down 2-0. But what I liked about the fact that after they came back 2-0 is they literally just started hitting the ball again. Came back, put up some runs, kept going, kept going. And then obviously, you know, got the win at FIU. But they've been playing really good ball. You know, you had a sweep against Duke, which I thought was was really impressive. Now, not saying that Duke is a great team, but at the end of the day, a sweep is a sweep. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So it's uh, definitely, uh, definitely. Where's Vic? We're, we got to talk to Vic. Is Vic is Vic going <laughs> AWOL? I don't know. Where we Vic see him is. on the screen, but Vic, where are you? Vic. I think he's signing back in here. I'll bring him oh, back up word. in a second. See, this is the great thing about live radio. You know, when you're trying to get a guest on <laughs> and like and their audio. Remember last week with Kenny or well, two weeks ago with Kenny Berry? Yeah. You know, obviously, you know, just you have audio problems. And what are you supposed to do, right? You grin and bear it, you move forward, and you know, go for it. Hey, can I talk before Vic comes on? And we'll get to Vic in a minute in Kane's baseball. Did you just see that Disney just um allows you to drop your mask when you're taking pictures now? It's about bro, time, bro. Phenomenal, right? So now it's like, <laughs> like, and that don't sound like much, but it definitely means something, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Vic, you there? Right, Still can't hear Vic. What's the deal with Vic? You don't Vic? have his audio, man. You gotta turn off mute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. We have, man, we got a bad signal yeah. there. But yeah, so the uh, the Disney the Disney people. So now when you're taking pictures you can remove your mask, which I think is a step in the right direction. So like I mentioned uh, earlier, I got my first vaccine shot on Tuesday and I thought it was, uh, I thought I was going to have some problems. You know what I mean? You, I was sitting there waiting, like you have to wait 15 minutes before you can like drive away. And I saw a couple of people on the, like in their car with uh, EMT 
like tending to them. I don't know if they were just having like panic attacks or whatever, but I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to be that guy. So, but I think it's a step in the right direction. You know, I'm getting vaccinated only because I think eventually you're going to have to show some type of vaccination to travel, maybe international travel. And I want to travel. So that's kind of where I'm at on that. What's your take on that? You know, Bird, you going to get vaccinated? I mean, look, I'm I'm never a fan of medicines. I mean, I I don't even take aspirin if I have a headache or anything. Right. Um, You know, I don't I don't get flu shots. Right. I will probably get this one just because, like, look, I want to be able to go out and do things. I want to go to a packed hard rock stadium uh, and and cheer on the Canes next year. I want to be able to go to an NBA game. You know, I want to be able to get on an airplane and, and, and travel, right, and stay in hotels and all those things that, you know, they may start wanting to see proof of vaccination for. So, yeah. I saw that uh, Royal Caribbean and Norwegian are getting ready to kind of start booking and sailing. Um, and I think there's some type of, I don't want to say it's like a discriminatory lawsuit, but the people are saying something about it's not fair that you have to show a vaccination. I wonder how many people are actually going to have like a fake vaccination card, you know, like, like a fake ID, right? Like how many people are going to make fake, fake vaccination cards? Well, but the cruise lines don't play, man. I bet the cruise lines are going to have a way to to check the number. (laughs) Well, there should be a database on people who like, you know, I had a register. So I had a register. I had a, you know, they scanned all my stuff. I had a QR codes, you know, all these things that I had to have to go get vaccinated. And I'm sure there's probably a database that they can type in my name or any name to see if someone's got, you know, the vaccination. Yep. Yep. Well, we'll see it, man. I mean, a lot of people have really passionate takes on it, you know, with all the the big brother stuff and all that. So, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see what's what. So, all right. Now we got Vic back on. Let's Vic, let's try your audio one more time, man. Can you hear me? We can hear you now. Vic, we're we're ready to talk about these uh these games that have gone eight and one since the 34 to two uh weekend debacle, man. I mean, boys have been red hot, man. They've been playing great. The the pretty much, I mean, the Del Castillo brothers have been lighting it up big time. Club Andre just ended up hitting his uh club and is like I think he's out eight home runs already, basically. Yeah. Um playing solid defense, honestly, much better than what we were. Um, yep. what else? I mean, again, pitching has really developed quite nice. I mean, ye- in yesterday's game, we ended up doing more pitcher by committee of anything else. No, yeah. you know, so what? we had Andrew Walters come in, pitch two innings, really solid. So, yeah, I think the, the, the base running and in, in the fielding are the biggest differences since that FSU, uh, series. So, you know what, Correct. props, props Correct. to Gino for, you know, for, for us getting embarrassed, Right. And, you know, we talked about this on the show, the, you know, the last time that, that we were on that you know, we got embarrassed. So I don't think anybody would say anything different. Right. Uh, you know, but but, I you know, will. look, we rebounded. We rebounded the right way. We've uh, you know, we've we won the one game against FIU 21 to one. I mean, uh, I wasn't able to watch that game, mm-hmm. but I always keep the, the notifications for the Canes baseball game. I did. The Canes baseball account on my it, Twitter, which was shout out. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to that to that uh, to that team that runs the uh, the Canes Twitter, uh, the Canes baseball Twitter. Man, they do a really good job with uh, with keeping you yes, up to, the, to if if you're out and you're like at a restaurant or something and you're not able to watch, man. You know, you keep those notifications on, and it's almost like the game's playing out in your head, man. They put a lot of emotion behind it. So shout out to that team. Mm-hmm. 
So um, Carson Palmquist, right, showed up on a uh, on a on a watch list for freshman of the uh, of the year as well. Yeah, correct, correct. Dude, that kid throws the heat, man. Carson, <laughs> Carson's just Carson's pitching out of his mind. I mean, plain and he simple, is. he's just just ridiculous stuff that he pitches. No joke. I mean, it's just. As soon as he comes in, and it's funny because they end up using the Metallica song "Enter Sandman," which I think is awesome. Basically, <laughs> that's the one that that's, that's the one that Mariano would end up using when we come in for the Yankees. That's right. So, because um, he's putting he's putting them to sleep, man. He's putting the opponents to sleep. Correct. I mean, it's. I'll be honest with you. It's a really. I think if anything, Gino's still working into trying to get a good solid setup, man, to get to Carson. You know, because I mean, again, one thing that's kind of the testy is that you don't want to end up bringing in Carson to do a six-out six save, basically. You know, yeah. you want to try and just have him come in for the ninth inning. You know, yeah. for the most part, again, we've been – now, again, and, and one thing we're talking about, that we won games against – we swept Duke. You know, we won against FIU, basically. You know, we took two out of three or four against Virginia. Okay, one thing we got to consider as well, too, is the type of opponents that we're playing. Okay, so we got a solid Pittsburgh team – that we're hitting the road against basically this weekend. So that's one thing that yeah. I think if anything, we're going to see a true test of what we're going to look like against those guys. Yeah. This weekend, this weekend series is going to be tough, man. But you know, one thing that I've also noticed is, is Gino's really tweaked the lineup a lot. Um, you know, I like seeing, uh, seeing Lala in the leadoff spot, um, you know, in that, in that FIU mm-hmm. game uh, earlier this week, you know, I think that's uh, I think that's a right spot for him. You know, um, you know, having having Christian following Adrian, you know, Adrian's in the in the four hole right now, you know, right behind, uh, right, you know, coming right. up after uh, after Yo-Yo and then, um, you know, having Christian back there and then and then Terrell for power right behind it, um, you know, and he's picked up he's picked it up a little bit, too. I mean, I think uh-huh. we, he's the one guy we've really been waiting for to to really get going. Um, but, you know, he's he's kind of stepped up in the last right. uh, probably seven or eight games as well. So it's been right. good to see that. We really got we Alejandro we got Rosario back into the pitching rotation this weekend, which yeah. is going to really hop up big time. So he's going to be pitching the Friday night game. Well, again, my, my biggest thing is the defense, right? Like I just want to make sure that you play sound defense. You know, routine ground balls, stuff like that. It's it's you can't make those silly errors that just allow base you know base runners, and next thing you know, there's dingers, and you know you put yourself in a hole. You know, I go back to the FSU series. And I just feel like, man, you literally, I mean, I don't want to say you beat yourself because you just got blasted, but there was things that you did <laughs> that allowed you to get blasted. You know, again, oh. you, you have two outs, you know, you can't just, you know, like just a routine ground ball. You can't flub it. You know what I mean? And they say, you know, you throw a, a, a two one right. fastball down the middle and it goes, you know, 495 yards. Like you just, you can't do that. You know what I mean? So I think moving forward, I think Miami's on an upward trend. They're winning the games they're supposed to win. You know, again, it's still early. It's not, you know, the end of the season. It's, you know, you're trending in the right direction at the right time. Again, if you get that rotation, that weekend rotation right. dialed in, I think your midweek rotation is pretty solid. Um, I think the Canes can actually do some damage. You know, again, it'd be nice to do a regional. So let me let me ask you guys. I mean, I think we're about the halfway point in our season, maybe a little over it. Um, you know, I mean, w- what's the ceiling, right? Are are we contenders in your guys' mind, or are, are we pretenders? Ooh, good question. I like right? what I like what 
I, I, I like what Derek just said. Again, I think it's a matter of trying to peak at the right time. Okay, yeah. if we can end up peaking, I, I don't get me wrong, I think in some senses we're still gelling, okay, and we're slowly and but surely getting some spots, some question marks finally answered, okay, and I think if we start peaking at the right time towards at least maybe not the end of the season, but just getting to that point in time where we end up going into the ACC tournament, basically, the championship, okay, then we can end up getting to a regional, and that's the sky's the limit. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. if it all, if it all, anything for us, basically, remember, pitching was one thing that was a major concern because of the three guys, because we ended up losing Brian, Slade, and, um, and Christian from last year, basically. Right. So that's the issue. Okay. I mean, again, it's, it's being addressed nicely. I mean, the one thing, and I mean, one thing that Derek just mentioned a couple of seconds ago was this the Wednesday games, basically. Look, let me tell you something. There came that point of time, uh, like during Morris's last couple of years. Okay, we were losing those games, and that's ridiculous. Those are the ones that we need to win for sure as anything. Okay, those are yeah. the ones that we need to win assuredly more than anything else. So, I mean, we've been doing a really great for, job of winning those games and winning convincingly. I just think it's good for momentum. I think those are the games that you have to win. It keeps your momentum going. You know, again, a midweek win leads you into the weekend. I think that kind of boosts you. But when you go into these games that you're supposed to win, and again, I don't care if it's baseball, football, basketball, like when you go into these games that you're supposed to win, like Doug Garnett, like win those games. Like it's just, it baffles me how, you know, and listen, game, sports is just, it's that way, right? You either, you're on or you're off, you know, again, it's like golf, right? Like, you know, Tiger Woods used to be like one of my favorite golfers, you know? And then I just don't understand how you stop being able to hit the ball. Like, oh, I have a back problem. Like, I don't understand how that changes <laughs> how you hit a ball, right? So, even like baseball, you're not doing nothing new that you haven't done since T-ball, coach pitch, you know, majors, you know, through high school. Like, your swings, your swing. You know, people get in the slumps. I get it. It's very hard, I think, to play or to play play the game of baseball when you got a 95-mile-an-hour fastball, you know, trying to make contact with like a two-and-a-five-ace barrel bat. You know what I mean? Like, but I give those guys credit. <laughs> So, Co, can I can I take us off like like way into left field for a minute here? Why why not? Well, we weren't talking baseball, but did you guys watch the Masters at all today? I mean, you mentioned Tiger, yep. and yep. dude, how about Justin Rose going four strokes Rose. up? He's at seven under. seven under. Next closest, there's two guys tied at three under right now. Um, I I'm, I was blown away by that performance, man. Did I mean, you see the Marlins game yeah, today? He, no. Oh. So anyway, so going back to the Masters, bro, like there's so many things that like, make you think. Different <laughs> so things, many right? things going on all over the place. <laughs> the Marlins got screwed, man. Like, but that happens, right? It, it, that's the game of baseball. You know, one thing that I, I'm excited about is, again, it's a young my, University of Miami baseball team, like very young. I think as they continue to grow, my, my biggest fear is, again, you start balling out, you start doing well. Next thing you know, the draft comes, takes kids. You know, you lose that continuity, right? You lose, you know, maybe you lose two of your infielders. Now you're losing, you know, your middle infielders and maybe you lose your first base, whatever the case may be, right? That's where I feel like there's got – baseball is so hard because, again, you could be a stud coming out of high school. You get drafted. Look, look at Caden Martin, right? We talked about this a couple weeks ago. I don't see him potentially ever putting on the University of Miami uniform. I mean, if you're a top 10, top 15 pick overall – I think the money's really too good for you to not the money take, take that. 
You know, the, the money will be there. But my thing is, do you want to go? You're probably going straight to double A ball. I don't even think you go right to triple A ball because I still think you're too young. Um, but, you know, you're sitting there. You know, you're sitting there in the minors. You know, you're traveling, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. It should be interesting. And we shall see what happens with them. But I think Miami's peaking at the right time. You know, again, you got to continue. To me, the biggest thing is if you can win two or three every week, and I'm not saying that, that you can do that, but the way you played the last nine games, like you really showed me coming off that FSU series, you've really showed me what you can do. So there's no reason to kind of fall back into a slump and, and fall back into a funk when I think like you're really moving forward. You're going to have a, a bad game. Yeah, you're going to have a bad game. You're going to lose a game. Yeah, you're going to lose a game. But to me, it's a mental as well. I mean, coach has got to have you ready and, you know, have him ready to go. So anyway, um, Bert, how are we looking? We have to we have to break it or no? Pretty close. Um, we're we're just about there. Yeah, we can go ahead and take one now. Why don't we take a break and then we come back? Let's uh, we'll see what happens. We'll chop it up and then go from there. So we'll be right back here on the Kang Gang Radio Show. Uh, bear with us as we let our sponsors, you know, do what they have to do here on SiriusXM Channel 145 Slam Radio. Shout out to the amigo, and uh, we'll be back in a minute. Hey, look what I found! A radio. Radio. This. Is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid. But there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing. You're going to be home today, so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little bit. Good thing nobody can see you crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere. 
allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 294.9, iHeart Latino. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Alrighty, alrighty. We pushing through here on the Kang Gang Radio Show. Thanks everybody for uh, tuning in, listening to us. Um, you know, we got the spring game coming up next Saturday, the seventeenth. Saturday, Saturday the seventeenth, bro. No fans, which is kind of disappointing because Florida State's going full bore, open scrimmage with fans. State of Georgia just completely like lifted the the mask mandate. Iowa lifted the mask mandate. We were able to have 13,000 fans in the stands last year that we paid to go watch them play, but yet we can't have fans at the spring game. Hmm. Bird, talk to me about that. It hurts, man. I want to go see these boys, man, because all we've been doing is getting, uh, you know, little clips out of practice and whatnot, man. And, you know, look, we want to, we want to see these guys ball, man. We want to see the, uh, you know, we want to see the, the, the freshmen that are coming in. You know, we want to, we want to, we want to see this team play, man. So it's definitely tough that there's no, no fans. I think we've all tried, you know, working our back end connections to see what, <laughs> what we can do to get ourselves into the game, man. I mean, I, I know I, I, I damn sure want to be there. But we we know uh you know what, shout out to the to the waste management garbage man our boy JD the boss man you know JD. he was like look no matter no matter what man Metro Rail boys are getting it out there in uh, in tailgate so damn straight I, I may have there I may have go. to go hang out hang out with them uh you know just to just to feel that tailgating again yeah I don't know if they're gonna are they gonna allow tailgating at the Rock or are they gonna do it at the Metro Rail you know what I mean so yeah. it's we're, I mean, okay what we're Normally, what will happen is that the spot will end up being will be behind Hooters, which is like about a mile away from the stadium. Yeah, on Pines and University. But I mean, if they're uh-huh. allowing, if they're allowing, quote unquote, family and 
quote unquote player invites, you know, I wonder if they're going to, I mean, again, are you going to have to be masked up when you're inside, you know, the stadium? Like, I don't know what the hard rock policy is still. I mean, is it still the same thing? Like, and, and this is where it gets tricky, right? Cause at the end of the day, as much as I would probably like to go watch a spring game, number one, it's, you're going to be probably positioned off in certain areas of the stadium. You're going to have your social distancing. You're going to be able to maybe watch the game. You probably won't see everything. You know, it's going to be kind of vanilla, but it's, you know, to me, the spring game was all about maybe afterwards, you know, seeing players and seeing coaches and, and, you know, and talking and taking pictures and things like that, which you're not going to, it's not going to happen. You're not going to be allowed to do that. So why not just sit at home and watch it on TV? Yeah, which, which, you know what, props to them for actually televising it this year, though, you know, so definitely. I mean, I, I mean, I feel like if you can't go, then why, you know, you should televise it. You know, like I'm interested to see, you know, on Saturday, I, I might tune into the FSU scrimmage just to kind of see, you know, how bad McKenzie Milton really looks as far as how he runs. Um, but honestly, I'm not even looking at McKenzie Milton as a starter. I think I think Jordan Travis ends up being the starter. Speaking of FSU. Real quick on a side note, and as much as I hate FSU, right, and I do, but, you know, I'm also a human being. And did you guys hear about the situation with Travis Rudolph? Terrible. I mean, bro. Terrible. I feel so bad for that. And, you know, like you, you kind of follow the events that happen with that. Right. And, you know, I won't even I won't even, you know, talk bad on, on that situation, man, because, you know, and I really like I gave Travis Rudolph a lot of respect for that. That kid that was getting bullied, because I think that's like the worst thing in the world, man. Yeah, and he sat and he had lunch with that kid, man. And I was like, you know what, man, Res- respect for that. Right. Respect yeah. to you. Respect for that, Travis Rudolph. Uh, you know, and supposedly after that, I don't know the full story behind this, but I think his I think his father was murdered. Correct. And I think it was some, accidental, though. I, I from what I read, yeah, I, I don't know the whole story, but you know, yeah. Either way, he lost his father, and it, you know, if you kind of put the dots together, it seems like maybe whatever happened in West Palm, you know, a couple of nights ago, it could have could have stemmed from that, and maybe not even directly, but you know, with him mentally or something, man. So. You know, really sad to see, man. You know, um, they hit him with premeditated. Wow. I heard they, I, I, from what I was doing some reading, it's, it's, they, they it's ran, they were running away and he shot him in the back. You know what oh. I mean? Like, but, but again, you know, that's, you know, again, you could be a high profile. I look at the, look at the former pro um, who just killed five people, you know, in South Carolina. Like, it yeah. doesn't matter, you know, who you are, there's always issues, maybe deep down, that we just don't know about. Well, you know, and of those five people, I read that story, and I was almost sick to my stomach when I found out two were kids under the age of five. See, and, and that breaks my heart. And you know, yeah. since you're talking about you know kids, um, I want to reiterate, you know, again from the Kane Gang show, from myself, you know, Kane Fan Co. or you know whatever you want to call me, and I'm sure from Bird and Vic, you know, the situation with Little Luca, you know, um, you know, again, I, I have a young child, you know, I have two older kids as well. Um, I'm not in, and then that parent situation, I can only imagine what the parent must be going through, you know, dealing with, you know, that situation, all we can do as, as fans, you know, when we hear about it is, you know, just give our well wishes and, you know, and, you know, say a prayer and, you know, hopefully, you know, the good Lord, you know, is he's the God of healing, you know, he's, you know, yeah. he can do whatever he wants to do. That's I, I truly believe that. And, you know, Again, just want to send my warm wishes out to uh, you know to Luca and you know hope he's doing doing well and you know I'm sure we all think the same thing. 
Yeah, you know, you know, I would love to see you know, as a moment next season, man. Um, and I think Luca's in Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, you know, this kid to fight, right, and not give up and keep fighting, and then for us to get uh, get the opportunity to have him at a game on the sideline next year, man, that'll uh, that'll be really touching to see, man. I, I mean, it is, man, because you know that could eventually be you know, one of our children, you know, how do we know, right? Yeah. We don't know what, what circumstances led to that. Um, but, you know, again, we just hope he's doing well. And, you know, again, just, you know, well wishes to him, well wishes to the parents. And, uh, you know, again, I always tell people, man, if you guys need something, I'm here. I don't care if you're a friend, if you're a foe, like I don't turn my back on anybody. You know what I mean? No doubt. I think that's no doubt. what kind of makes the fan base, you know, and here's the thing, right? We all want to do things and, we all want to help out, but I never want to do anything with the expectation of anything in return. You know, uh, you guys have known me like, you know, even on zoom call, I didn't even know people, man. I was giving away jerseys and, you know, things like that. Like, I don't, I don't look for recognition. I don't look for anything in return, you know, but you know, maybe there's people out there that, you know, see the need to do that. I just feel like here on the show, we just need to kind of, you know, at least mention it. Cause I think it's important um, and again, it's all over social media, you know, Twitter and IG. So again, Luca, you know, we're praying for you. We're hope you're doing well. And again, if you guys need anything, and if you guys listen to the show, just reach out, man. And if we can do something for you, we'll be more than you know happy to do something for you. So absolutely, uh, man. Leave it at that. You know what I mean? It's just the world. The world's it's, it's tough, man. Like the world really is tough. You know, every day is a challenge. You know, <laughs> you know, you, you get up. You go to work, you grind, you come home, you deal with your kids, you know, you turn on the news, you get depressed. <laughs> like, what do you have, you know, and, and again, that's why, like, first of all, I don't really watch the news because I don't want to be depressed about everything that's going on in the world. But unfortunately, we have to see what's going on in the world, right? All I know is, you know, four and a half months, you know, we start off, you know, with, with Alabama and Atlanta. Like, <laughs> I'm counting down. And that's what bothers me a little bit because – I always look forward to the spring game because, you know, once the spring game's over, then I know what, like the next step would be maybe like a Canes Fest or a Fan Fest, you know, usually at the IPF, you know, and then, you know, the season's literally right around the corner. But not being able to go to the spring game, you know, per se, like, again, I don't know if there's any way that I would be able to, like I'm not family to anybody, so I don't know how I would get tickets. But, you know, you know, if there's a way to get there, I would love to go. And if not, I'll just sit, you know, if, if there's a way we could tailgate in the parking lot, maybe we'll go to the parking lot and, you know, and tailgate, you know what I mean? Yeah, just, yeah. Bro, just get down, you know, dress up in that orange and green, you know. We're going to fly that Kane gang flag too. Bro, bro you're already know, man. Listen, we got the Kane's Cartel. We got the Metro Rail Boys. You know, you got La Familia. You know, you got the Kane gang. Like, it's what we do, man, you know. It's what we do. I was, you know, was going to ask I was going to ask Flo, and I forgot to ask him, like, you know, well, I can ask you, Bird, and maybe I can ask you too, Vic. What is your legitimate prediction looking at our, our schedule and looking at our season? <laughs> I'm going to let you go first, Vic. Minus, minus, hold on, hear me out. Minus right. someone like Derek King. If you don't have Derek King, what's our season? Go ahead, Vic. <laughs> That's a tough you, question, man, because we do have him. You know? So, so, so this is pick. So this is pick on the rookie. Okay. Um, damn. And without Derek, oh boy. Um, six and five. Ooh, Ooh. damn. Now, to me, we got way too much coming coming back for for that. I mean, let's you pull King out of the equation, man. I I, th- I think uh, 
I think Tyler Van Dyke, while while you know while he's a step back, uh, you know, I mean, I think that kid is the real deal, man. I mean, you look at him; he's he's built like a tight end. Um, you know, I mean, the the kids, uh, you know, the kid seems to have it upstairs, and, right? We haven't really, we haven't really and, seen much. And in all this, in all this, I want to be wrong. I truly yeah. do. Okay, but, but we haven't let, really... let me tell you something right now. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I was just gonna say we haven't really seen him throw. We haven't really seen him spin it, right? So, you know, um, but there is still there's a lot coming back on offense. There's a lot coming back on you know on on defense, right? That you know, and I, I think we've uh, you know I think the same thing that happened on offense last year is going to happen on defense this year, right? Uh, you know, the coaching and scheme changes that are going to take place. So, you know, I'm the eternal optimist, man, and I always I always shoot high, right? Uh, but I try to be realistic as well, um, you know. So I would say without, I you know, I say eight or nine wins without uh, without King. With him, I'm probably in the nine to ten wins with the possibility we could catch lightning in a bottle with this team, right? So everything kind of comes together. Um, you know, the lines play well, right? Um you know, and, and these guys are making plays. We force turnovers on defense. I mean, look, if is the biggest question in sports, right? Without without a doubt. Yeah. But, you know, if if this stuff comes together, I absolutely feel this team has the <clears throat> opportunity to catch lightning in a bottle and and make a run. Maybe not a run all the way, but at least a run into the playoffs. I don't I don't know if if we when we get to the playoffs, we could hang with the Ohio States, the Clemsons, the Alabamas. But uh, you know, I think we well, can Clemson. make a run into there. So let's talk about the ACC, right? Because, again, you know, you throw Alabama out the window, right? It would be nice to go out there and shock the world and beat Alabama off of it, you know. But, again, like we said before, let's keep it competitive. Let's, you know, let's – that doesn't affect your ACC schedule. The other game that, that, that kind of intrigues me is the, is the North Carolina game. Again, they lose Carter and Williams. They lose Newsom. They lose Surratt. They lose, you know, pretty much, you know, the nucleus of their team. Yeah, you have Sam Howell back there still slinging the ball, but I think that's where Miami's defense is, you know, adequate and mature enough now maybe to shut that down, right? So the other thing that I look at is if you do get to the ACC title game, just as much as now is a time to play Alabama, it might be the same way to play Clemson. Now, I watched that kid, Yuga Muga Muga, whatever his name was, like sling the the ball against, you know, sling the ball against uh, Notre Dame. And like, bro, he he's a big dude, man. Big dude, big arm. Didn't they just did Justin Ross or didn't one of the receivers decide is coming back? Um, someone that was injured last year. I believe they got one of the receivers back. Justin Justin Ross was uh, was injured all last year, but I don't I don't know anything about his status for this year. Whether he's in the draft or he's coming back. I think he's coming. I know one of their big receivers who was hurt has decided to come back. But okay, granted, mm-hmm. just one player. You don't have Travis Antien who legitimately beat us on his own last year, right? Again, whether it was bad tackling, bad angles, however you want to play it, at the end just literally destroyed us. Trevor so, didn't really do much. So you bring, you say the name Trevor, and that kind of brings up something that I've that I've wanted to ask on the show. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you you throw us on the spot here sometimes. So I'm gonna <laughs> throw you the quarterbacks in this year's draft, right? You know the the high end ones. I mean, go ahead and and, and you know. You want me listen to how I feel? Yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead and list them, man, because because I'm gonna, I'm interested to see where you think Trevor falls in there. So, so I think I think the overall consensus is I think you know again Trevor's going to go number one to Jacksonville, um, but I'll tell you what, man, like people like Bryce Young out of BYU, 
I like Trey Lance, man. Like, again, I know he comes from a small school, but again, just like Josh Allen, right, coming out of Wyoming, like Trey Lance, like he just, he looks the part, he throws the part. I, I like, I would really like him. If he went to maybe a bigger school who played against maybe better competition, I could see him being up in the upper echelons of like the Trevor Lawrence's. Trevor just did it on a bigger stage. I just feel like, you know, Trey playing in a small school doesn't, doesn't really get the burn. Um, yeah. But that doesn't mean he can't play. I mean, I watched his, his pro day and, and that kid just like, he was, he was money, man. Money. Yeah. No, the, but since you're bringing that up and not to go off topic, Dave, talk to me about your quarterbacks real quick. Uh, I got Trey. I have Trevor at number one for sure. Zach Wilson and Trey Lance, honestly, I almost have them tied for probably being the second best quarterback. Um, and then you're going to end up having Justin Fields and then Mac Jones. I, I like Mac Jones a little bit much more over Justin Fields. I mean, it depends upon what particular team they go to that could end up utilizing their talent space. I mean, they're talking Mac Jones as high as number three. top ten. Number three to San Francisco. Which I think it's a reach. Oh, That's definitely God. a reach. <laughs> Dude, so my, my order, I've got I've got I've actually got Wilson first. I, I like I'm enamored with that guy. I think you he's like Zach Wilson? I do. I think I think when it's all said and done, I think he's gonna end up um being more productive than Trevor. I know I definitely think Trevor's the 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 realistic choice at number one and he's if you have number one you gotta you gotta take trevor but i still i think that that zach wilson's gonna come in and he's gonna ball um so i got trevor lawrence mm-hmm. at number two i got trey lance at three fields after that then i've actually got trask and then mac jones like trask this guy, is mac, a bad pick. i think trask yeah. is a phenomenal you know that no yeah. one's even talked about right now and i'm trying to be a realist with it too i mean i hate the gators like yeah. without a doubt but like i, I tell you when I look at this, this Mac Jones kid, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. I watched some of his his pro day the other day on the TV. I mean, dude, this kid was missing everybody, and not by a little bit, like by a lot. Um, he's, you know, he's probably got the worst. Like, I mean, he doesn't look like he's in shape at all. Um, you know, I mean, he was throwing behind an offensive line that was that was, you know, five guys that were, you know, just probably five of the top thirty offensive linemen in football that he was playing behind. Um, and he was playing to arguably one of the greatest trios of wide receivers that's ever hit yeah. the, the field at the same time. So, you know, and plus the running backs that he's had, like, I, I think that that guy is, especially if San Francisco reaches for him at three, uh, that it is going to be a uh, catastrophic disaster. Yeah. So let's do this real quick. We're going to uh, let, let's go to break and we'll finish up the last segment. Let's talk about the NFL draft because I want to touch on one name, well, actually two names, and we'll see how it goes. So we'll be right back on the Kang Gang Radio Show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in so far. Um, it's been a quick two hours, but uh, we got one more segment to go. We'll be right back on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. 
This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see, it's a bad idea to do that. I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing. You're going to be home today, so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look. Back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good a thing nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word won. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn stronger because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction see if you're always winning then you don't really understand what it is to win you, you got to take those losses you got to take those hits there's got to be the valleys the peaks the ups the downs in order for you to when it does happen you go wow terrible. you know this is what it's all about on behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2949, iHeart Latino. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
And here we are, the home stretch, the final Kumata. We're almost there. We go. Almost <laughs> so, there. You know, almost there. Almost at the end of the show. But you know what? It's been a good show. Um, been a quick show, though. I didn't even order lunch yet, but I'll get lunch afterwards. But you know, we were talking about the quarterbacks and you know, you know, people that we think that are gonna go high. You know, I did read that Trevor Lawrence isn't gonna go to the draft, which you know what? I, I don't fault anybody that they don't want to go. Um, it's their own personal choice, you know. I mean, I remember Sean Taylor didn't go to the draft, you know. So, you know, hey, it is what it is. You don't you want to choose to stay at home, stay at home, you know. It's not like it used to be, you know what I mean? Where like that was like I used to love watching the draft. I would sit at home. And back when I, you know, when I first started watching football, you had 12 rounds, man. I would literally mm. watch it all weekend, man. Just leave me alone. I'd order pizza. I'd order wings. <laughs> and I would sit there. I would be in my couch and don't move. Like, like that's just what we did, right? So now it's this big old spectacle. It's, you know, I think our boy Dolphin Derek's actually going to Cleveland, you know, for the draft. You know, he is goes he? Up, Yeah, he's go. He he's been to uh, quite a bit. Yes, so... You know, Matt, Matt, shout out to him and hopefully, you know, travel safety, you know, mercies and, you know, safety and all that stuff while he's up there. Um, but looking at pro days, you talked about how Matt Jones looked really bad in the pro day, right? Let's talk about the University of Miami's pro day. <laughs> let's talk about someone who flipped the script and went from, went from maybe the number two defense end to the number one defense end. And yeah. somebody who went from the number one defense end, maybe even falling out, out, out of the first round. Yeah, man. So, I mean, obviously, you know, Jalen Phillips was a, was a monster. I mean, even the NFL Twitter account was like, hey, did you check out, you know, Jalen Phillips' pro day? Uh, you know, this thing is all about guys that get hot and that have momentum going into this thing. Um, and, and Phillips has got it right now, right? And, you know, I think he's going to go somewhere in the top 15. I just hope it's to, <clears throat> excuse me, I hope it's to the right situation. Um, you know, sad to say, you know, Greg's probably fall into you know late half of the of the first day um you know early part of the second day <clears throat> but you know i still think greg made the right decision to come out for himself um you know because honestly greg didn't have a lot of tape with us and you know he had a really high sack total but um you know four of those came against a, a putrid uh fsu yeah. offensive line right and, um, you know, I mean, you know, look, what the best for Greg. And I think he's got all the physical tools in the world and shout out to him being a, you know, a three-star kid coming in here, right. uh, you know, who, you know, kid comes from a great family, um, you know, three-star guy who's came in and, and, you know, worked his way up and became a defensive end. I, mean, I think when we first started recruiting him, receiver. we recruited him as a safety. Oh, it was a receiver. <laughs> he played yeah, receiver. I thought he was that's crazy. And now That's he's right. this monster defense. Imagine player, being but... six foot seven, 240 pounds playing safety. Good lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, the the real wild card in the draft is gonna be where Brevin ends up going, right? Because to me, I could see somebody, you know, really reaching and taking him as early as like late second round or him falling all the way into the the fifth of the sixth round. I mean, it's just so variable, right? I don't I don't see Brevin going in the top three rounds. Um yeah. You know, I, you know I, I don't, you know, and as much as I would like to see him, listen, he made a decision on his own to, you know, declare for the draft and I wish him all the best. Um, sometimes you don't know what the individual is thinking when they decide to leave. Like when Brad decided to leave, I don't know why he made that decision. I thought he had yeah. another year. He can come back, you know, you know, stay for your senior year. Again, sometimes I think kids get bad advice, but again, they, they're old enough and mature enough, I think, to make their own decisions. 
you know? So, but with, with, with Jalen and Greg, um, the thing that bothers me, it's like going back to a few years back when Geno Smith, you know, coming out of uh, West Virginia, you know, um, goes to the draft and doesn't even get picked in the first day. Like, you know, now Greg's going, he's going to Cleveland to, you know, he's one of the guys going, I still think he goes in the first round, but like, how bad would that be if you decide to go to the draft and you're sitting there in the green room and then you don't go to the second day, you know, like, yeah, I'm always apprehensive, like, especially, and we've never seen it before about people opting out the whole season. We've seen them opt out of bowl games, you know, where they just felt like, Hey, look, like Christian McCaffrey, you know, and all these guys, they decided to sit out the bowl game. I get that. But when you sit out the whole season, Again, you're playing a position, and Bird, I think you hit it right on the head. Like, you only had one year of tape. And I think the one year of tape that you had was benefited by people like Jonathan Garvin getting double teamed and allowing you to twist and stunt, you know, and make the sacks. Like you said, you know, you had four sacks against SSU, which just was a depleted, you know, offensive line. And then, again, one of the sacks, Hornybrook, I believe, was scrambling, and you caught his leg, you know. And, again, that's because you got, like, a 12-inch wingspan. Otherwise, you know, he's maybe running for a first down. You know, you never know, right? So those sacks, you know, as much as they're counted, they're a little bit inflated too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, I wish him Jaylen, the best. Jalen is definitely the guy that's the more NFL-ready person, right? Like to me, it's like if you take Rousseau, you got to know that he's going to come in. He's going to he's going to take some work, right? He's going to take some tuning. He's going to take some. You know, um, he's, he's really going to have to take he's some steps. Yeah, he's very raw, very raw. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you, you take you take Greg. You're you know you're drafting on potential. I think you take Jalen. You're 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 drafting him on you know freakish physical statistics, and you know some really good think, tape that he had here, right? So, I mean, with with Jalen, basically, if you because I ended up watching, I watched the pro day. And I'm watching the numbers and the performance. I'm like, wait a minute, 4.12 in the shuttle run. I'm like, this is sick. Okay. Yeah. And then he ended up getting what 4.56 on the 40. Yeah. He ended, when up, they first ended reported- up running it quicker than Brevin. Yeah. When they first reported it, they put him out at a 4.46. And then they're like, no, we got to correct it. It was actually a 4.56. When I first saw that 4.4, I was like, what? Which, which, is, scary, <laughs> which is scary enough. Yeah. What? But you know, it's shout out to enough, uh, to be honest with to, you, yeah. Shout out to Dave Feely and what and what he's doing with these <laughs> with these guys when they come in the program, man. Because he got here having been Big in time. the UCLA program. I think he was there two years, you know, and he was he was kind of scrawny. I mean, I wouldn't say scrawny, but you know, he, he he's nowhere near the build man. that he is now. I think he gained twenty or thirty pounds when he was here. Uh, and he gained 20 or 30 good pounds, right? So, you know, anybody can fatten up and, and, and put on weight, right? But he put on the right weight. So, um, you know, really, really excited for give some for him. Give, give some props to Coach Stroud as well, too. Coach, Coach Stroud did some really good work with him as well. Sure, sure. So let me ask you this. Um, man, I don't even want to bring this up. What's your take on this whole Deshaun Watson thing? Wow. <laughs> well, the fir- my first reaction to it when it first started started breaking was 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 kind of off the wall, man, because the timing was really suspect on it. Yeah. You know, but I mean, here's the thing: like, 
you had 40 different masseuses visit you like like how, dude, how many massages are, well because so there was there was 22 that came out and said that he had inappropriate behavior another 18 that came out and spoke in favor of him you got to figure there's more out there that just want nothing to do with the whole situation um i mean you would think you know you would i mean you're getting a different person every time like how many massages is this guy getting right like it's crazy i you know look i think some things are 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 probably overblown right did he act uh inappropriately yeah there's probably a pretty good chance with that many people that some stuff was uh was going on but uh you know look if he um if he if he did have inappropriate behavior and they can prove it you know he needs to be held accountable just like any any other member of society would be held accountable but you know also if this all turns out to be you know a witch hunt on him or something then uh you know then those people need to be held accountable for you know falsely accusing and dragging his name through the mud i think until we see proof either way you know it's really it's really hard to say cuz i'm on both sides of it if he did wrong he should be held accountable you know if and if they are doing wrong by him uh you know they should be held accountable i mean this this heart this this um this attorney was the next door neighbor of the titans owner or excuse me of the texans owner um you know, I don't know. It's just the whole situation weird, is really right? weird. It's, 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 it's really weird. weird. So it's tough to it's tough for me to jump into a corner of it, other than to say, look, if he did it, hold hold him accountable. If he didn't, clear the man's name. You know. I think that until there's criminal charges, but at what point does criminal charges take place? Right? Because I feel like it's been long enough. I mean, you're talking, man, two months now. You know, give or take. You know, over a month. Yeah. Like at some point, criminal charges should have already, you know, been come, you know, come forth. So I just don't know, you know, if if you did it, I agree with you. You know, if you're a predator, then you know what you need to, you know, I don't want to say castrate, but you know, like if, if you're that way, then like be held accountable. Correct. I mean, you know, let's let's not let's not sugarcoat it, right? If you're guilty, you're yeah. guilty. But how long does it take for somebody to be guilty? Like an accusation is just it's it's hard, right? Because it's now it's Okay, well, this person's gonna come forth, and then someone else says, "Oh, you know what? Well, shoot, I was a masseuse, and you know, I gave him a back rub, and you know, nothing ever happened." But this other person says something. Maybe I can get some money out of this too. Hey, yeah, yep, yeah, he did the same thing to me. And then next thing you know, it goes to another person, then another. And you person, gotta, you gotta person. figure you're the you're the star quarterback of the of the Houston Texans, right? You know, I mean, who's not to say that some of these girls didn't initiate some of this stuff, right? Correct. You know, you just you don't know because none of us were there, but. You but know, that's what I'm saying, like accusations. It's it's literally he said, she said. And that's the yeah. hard part. You know, the yeah. problem is it's he said versus she said times 25 or whatever it is, you know. But at yeah. some point, you've got to come to a conclusion that there was – there has to be criminal, you know, intent. Well, with 22 accusers, there's got to be some kind of evidence or proof or, you know, something that, that does it. It's got to be some kind of – you know, messaging that happened. Some, you know, one of those 22 had to have been uncomfortable and, and told their boss or, you know, there, there's got to be something there. It's just for me, for it to be 22 people accused this of happening the same way. Uh, I, no. I I have to say this, okay? And I mean, look, I've been I've been looking at that for since the get, I mean, remember, you're having everything with Watson get to the point that he's leaving the team and they're asking for a king's ransom for him, but then Lo and behold, you start having these accusations come to the forefront. And again, much like we've been talking about for the last couple of minutes, if it's something he did, 
he has to pay the price for what he did. Case closed in store. Okay, but the, the timing is so suspect. Okay, I mean, it's if you ended up seeing the speech that the young lady read from the other day, basically, I'm like about as programmed as can possibly get. Okay, and again, it's just so much. Uh, mine of the perspective is this: if this is something that ended up happening way before all of this started, before as far as his contract issues with the Texans started. And again, don't get me wrong. I, I, it's trying to understand the mind of a woman, okay, and I won't try and do that. But at the same time, again, why did you not state something before? Now, in essence, basically, you have one person that comes forward, and you have to end up... Okay. Yep. You what? Okay. <laughs> okay. So then, yeah. So then what ends up happening is this. Now you end up having all these infusers come out of the woodwork. Yeah. You know, yeah, and gonna, I'm like, come it's, on. It's a crazy one, but I know we're, we're getting ready to, to run up on the end of the show here. And I do want to throw one more thing that's happening in, in Kane's universe at you guys and you know, get your take on it. But basketball program and the mass. Oh, let's go to Arkansas. <laughs> come on, baby. <laughs> Bro. Right. Well, hey, bandwagoner. Come on. Yeah, yeah. No, like uh, I mean, dude, dude some, something's up here, right? Um, you know, and I don't, I don't, you know. Do you think I don't know what the problem Jill is? Will step down. Let me ask you that. I don't know. It's not. My, it's not my call to make, right? You know, that's a that's a. That's no, a it's just your opinion, though, right? It's your opinion. Yeah, Do you well, think it's time? Like you look at Roy Williams, who just stepped out of UNC. Yeah. At what point do you say enough's enough? Now. That, but that, okay, so then you think it's time for him to step down? Like to me, there's no reason why Chris Caputo doesn't get that job. Like it's a young face, it's a, it's a it's a young coach. You know, you know, you look at like what Jawan Howard did Damn, at, from the Heat. Like you know, we didn't even talk about the tournament because you know, listen, I had Michigan and Baylor in the finals. What a phenomenal performance by oh Baylor! Oh my god, Bro, like that was wow. just so. I knew Baylor was good, and I I literally thought Michigan. I think Michigan would have beat Gonzaga pretty bad as well. You know, again, you got studs from top to bottom on Michigan. Obviously, UCLA went on a little run, you know, and and look, they should have beat you they should have beat Gonzaga as well. Unfortunately, it goes back to we mentioned this a couple weeks ago, even with Miami. Like you get the ball down one with 16 seconds left with a timeout. Bro, call the timeout, set up a play, run that play, but you try to run it down, you get a charge call on you. You know what I mean? Then you go to overtime. Like I mean, listen, it was a great shot. It should have went to double overtime. Who knows what would have happened there. But what a phenomenal Final Four. I know your Arkansas team didn't make it very as much as you wanted them to win. They weren't making it. So I did have one team in the final in the final game, though. So listen. Hey, who Matt, was your champ? Who was your champion, Co? Michigan. Oh, okay. I thought you had UNC as a champion. You I know you had UNC running. No, deep, I said though. normally I would have UNC all the way across the board. <laughs> <laughs> but I got you, man. But yeah, I man. I, I think I think Coachell. I mean, at some point, you just have to stop and well, say, you know what? Do I can want to continue doing this? Here's here's my thing with the basketball program, and I've always been kind of baffled by why we're not a powerhouse in basketball. Right? You know, beautiful location. Um, you know, we play in the ACC. Right? Like, you know, it's this is this should be like we should On we should be a power. Yeah, on campus arena, we should be a powerhouse basketball program, um, and you know it's like we've we've sniffed it a couple times. We've got you know we've got a little close to it. We've got on a, a couple of runs, but you know this should be uh, you know this program needs an identity, right? And you know 
it seems like they're kind of you know trying to run through all these transfers and I mean it seems like every basketball player in the in the country is in the transfer portal right now anyway. Um, but I don't know, man. I just I wish we had an identity, man, because it just really feels like we don't. We don't. Well, listen. On that note, I will go ahead, Vic. We'll finish it up after your comment. Sorry about that. I let me tell you something. With Coach L, I, I love the man. Okay, I just feel in essence that you get down to a point in time as a coach. I mean, even look, even Coach Williams, when he ended up saying his goodbye speech and he spoke as far as in his presser, the one thing he basically said is that I'm not the right man for the job anymore, and I'm not the voice to lead the yeah. team anymore, basically. Okay, Th this is kind of prevalent in the same thing with Coach L because, look, you can get down to a point in time that you I – mean, a good example is like Joe Torre with the Yankees. Okay, yeah. four titles with the World Series, basically, but it got to the point in time that he, in essence, basically just lost touch. That was it. Yeah. Rick, Rick, we well, got to cut you off, man. <laughs> yeah, we got to go, man. We got to go to break. Actually, we got to go. We're done for the show. We got to go. So, listen, thanks, everybody, for tuning in this week to the Ken Gang Radio here on Sirius XM Channel 145. Great topics, great conversations, great guests. We'll see you guys next week. The views and opinions expressed on Kane Gang are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.